Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Man, you're going to love this one. You're going to love this one. Um... T.J. Klein was a great player at Richmond. Of course, he plays overseas now. We're going to get his thoughts on growing up in the house of arguably the greatest women's basketball player of all time. Um, why it took him so long. He was a JV player his junior year in high school in Plano, Texas. Not exactly a basketball powerhouse, but how that all changed and how his life changed, why his life changed. Plus, what it's really like to play overseas, what it was like during the pandemic, all of that stuff. Kind of amazing. I want to give you my thoughts quickly, though, on the foul heard around the NBA world. Look, if you're listening to this, you're probably a ball guy, or at least you love the storytelling that we have on, on, on this show. I, I I will say that all of us in basketball know, like, I don't know, the rule very early on to me was don't ever mess with somebody when they're up in the air. Right? You just don't. That's how people get hurt. And that's exactly what happened. I'm not willing to say it's a dirty play, but it was so incredibly dangerous what Dylan Brooks did. There should be a multi-game suspension. But even a multi-game suspension, God, how bad does that hurt the Warriors? 
Like, GP2 is not, he's one of those guys you're like, well, he's not one of their five best players, but he's incredibly important for their ability to change you up and play small. And, he, you know, he basically plays like the four and just a Duncan fool and unbelievable. I mean, perfect example is John Morant goes for 47. Why? One of the reasons was they couldn't put GP2 on him. So that's a big loss. That's a sizable, sizable loss. And I, I think that, um, it's going to affect the series, but more than anything, like I, I do understand a little bit better why they kicked Draymond out of game one, just so there wouldn't be the elevation of the escalation of fouls, but it didn't matter. That, that fall was, that push was, it was awful. Okay. That's, that has no place in basketball. And instead of worrying about, Guys getting dinged in the head when somebody's going for a block instead of worrying about elbows, which is part of basketball. And, you know, you're going to catch an elbow. A purposeful elbow is different than just catching an elbow because it's impossible to play basketball without your elbows. It's a contact sport, not a collision sport. That one, well, that one's got to be rectified. Got to be rectified. And, yes, old school NBA is Dylan Brooks drives. He goes to the deck. That's the, the next time you see him on the court. That's likely what's going to happen. You know, reminds me actually of a story. I'll tell you when when I played in Russia, we had a guy Sergey Chikalkin, and Chika was uh, w- Willie Burton was our best player. Sergey Chikalkin, Chika was our best Russian player, and I'll never forget we're playing against Seska, which is the Red Army team at that time. They were the, they had no one had beaten them for the Russian championship. We did that year, and we're playing them actually in the Neville Cup championship, and we end up beating them in that as well. And late in the game, late in the game, uh, I think it was Andre Fatisov who had played in the NBA, fouled Sergei Chikalkin, Chika, uh, and put him on the deck pretty hard. And at the end of the game, uh, towards the end of the game, the president of our team was up in that little area where the, where the communists used to sit back in the day. And he gets up and he walks down and he whispers to something, a guy on the end of our bench who's this big, strong player, but he wasn't really great. Um, he could shoot a little bit and could set screens, but he was kind of our, our thug, really. And the game is over. We go to the middle of the court. We do the clap and point to the fans thing, and then we go off our way to our locker room, and that guy follows Seska to their locker room, goes into the shower, and beats up Andre Fatisov, comes back to our locker room, and our president says, this is what we do here at Euro Great, and he gives him $5,000 cash. Uh, that's the, that's the vigilante justice that happens. I don't know if it happens because I don't know if Dylan Brooks plays, but it wouldn't surprise me. You can't touch a guy when he's in the air. Everybody knows that. Reminder of the Doug Gottlieb show daily, three to six Eastern, 12, three Pacific on your iHeartRadio app, Fox Sports Radio or FoxSportsRadio.com. Let's get to my discussion with TJ Klein. So your, your story is fascinating. But for anybody who watches a clip of this on Zoom, I'm looking and there's like dope mountains behind you. It looks like you're at a ski resort. Where are you right now? So I'm, uh, I'm in Andorra. It's okay. So I say Andorra, Spain, just to give a little context. But Andorra is actually its own country, right? It's, so it's about two hours north of Barcelona. And uh, it's in the mountains. I mean, look behind me. This is it's this is the whole country right here. So it's about sixty eight thousand people. And uh, it's it's part of the ACB. So the Spanish League, you know, you're familiar with overseas ball. So it's a, a great opportunity and a, 
an unbelievably gorgeous. I had no idea, you know, what to expect over here. And it's, it's only, I mean, I've only been here three weeks, but, uh, but indoor Spain is a, is a beautiful place. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. So in the States, it's NBA playoffs, right? So now are you prepping for next year? Are you guys still playing this year? What's going on right now? No, so we're still playing this year. So what's interesting about overseas basketball, it's different than the NBA. And I actually saw something about like the XFL, the winner and the the winner of the XFL and the last place team in the NFL switch or like a relegation type thing. Yeah. So that's kind of the situation they're in They're They've had a great Euro Cup, which is international. And now they're in the ACB and they've struggled. So they're kind of at that relegation stage. And they're fighting with about three other teams. So there's, it's very much in, you know, the thick of this season. We got three games left and two of them against like the bottom two teams with us. So it's our own little playoff as it is. And uh, that's what really makes overseas interesting is like, even if you're at the bottom, you're fighting to not get relegated, to not get the second division. So that's where we're at right now. Um, Okay. Are you signed just this year? Are you just, are you here just to save the day? You're riding in on a white horse. Um, I mean, I don't want to say it like that, but, uh, I think, you know, I definitely have been, um, you know, brought in to, uh, to help us stay in the league. And, uh, yeah, so it's about a, it was about a month contract. And as you know, overseas, uh, you know, it can be a month, it can be 10 months, it can be two years. It's, it's not like the NBA. So just a one month deal. I was with yeah. the, the go-go in capital city earlier this season. And when the G league playoffs ended, I, uh, I came over here. Yeah, guys used to do that with the CBA. They used to do Venezuela a lot, you know, uh, Puerto Rico, um, some of the other stuff in in South America for some quick money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think used to Philippines also as well. It's interesting Philippines to get to the is big. yeah, Philippines is big to go get quick cash, you know. Whereas you, you you know you didn't make a ton of money in the states, and you can make some quick cash overseas. And then is the plan to go to summer league? Like, what's where are you right now with your pro career? Um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm about 27 right now and I'm really kind of understanding that I got to like 32, 33 for that kind of prime range to be done. And uh, now seeing the game. So right now, I, like I said, I did the G league. Um, I'm, you know, we're talking with the, with the wizards, maybe go do summer league with them this year. Um, TBT, as we talked about the web just uh, announced they're in. So I'm running with them. Hopefully if they get in, if not, I'll open that back up. Um, there is, and I'll say there's consideration. So my mom coaches in the big three, so there might be a, a plan, you know, to, to do that and kind of, uh, you know, that would be special to, to, so I don't know. It's just, there's so many leagues and I feel like there's so many opportunities to just keep playing basketball while my body allows me to, that I really have no plan going forward. It's just keep getting better. The dream is obviously the NBA. That's why I did the G league this year. The, I was a little late getting there on the uh, the COVID waves and everything like that. But uh, that that's just the plan. It's just enjoy where you're at and, and play. You know, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, seeing you at Richmond, I would have never thought that you were like a JV player most of your high school career. Were you, were you like a super late bloomer? What, what was that about? Super late bloomer, super um, – just not a hard worker. Like, like I said, my mom coached and I kind of took the physical skills for granted. And as you know, that's, that's really easy to do when you have a, you know, comfortable life and you're playing, you don't really have to, you know, fight as much at the time. Cause you're going to be on those teams. You're going to be put on this AAU team, put on this team, put in situations to succeed. And I think that it kind of caught up to me um, my junior year when I was on JV and I'm like, you know, what's, what's going on here? My friend, John varsity, 
And uh, I think that summer, it just, it like my dad looked at me, he's like, you're, you might go to Collin County Community College. Like if you want to play basketball and you want to go to college, like I'm just letting you know if you don't put in the work. So that summer I trained as hard as I could, like dropped everything and went from unranked on JV to, to all state. And we were, so we were in Marcus Smart and Phil Forte's district. So that was our arrival. When you talk about like top dog, we could never crack. That was the team, like always match up, match up. And they would, Marcus would take a charge or hit a three or something. And, uh, but I, I think that was just, it was just like failure and kind of honestly being scared, like being scared that I'm not gonna, I would never worried about living up to my family name, but worried about if I don't want to be at a junior, at a juke. Oh, I don't want to be a, at a community college playing basketball. Like I, I want to live my dream out. I want to play college basketball. And so I don't know what clicked, but that summer something clicked. I grew a couple inches and, you know, everything kind of fell into place. But yeah, it was, it was really scary being on JV that junior year. Um, what was, what was it like growing up? It was, it was cool. It was, I mean, I tried not to put pressure at the time and I don't think I ever really did. And my mom never did, but it was, it was really cool getting to go to these events and meeting these people and all-star games and going to Michael Jordan's hall of fame induction. Like, Things that I kind of took for granted were the norm back then. Now you kind of sit back and you see all your peers and how they grew up and, and you're just like, wow. And, and you really hit you of how blessed I really was. So it was, it was a really cool childhood. Like it was the norm for me, but looking back now, it was the coolest thing a kid could have ever asked for to, to have your mom break down film with you, you know, watching the game with a coach. Like those are little nuances that like I look back and I'll never forget, but, uh, but in the moment, you don't appreciate it as much. No, I, I mean, look, I have the same thing with my son where he's he's a late bloomer. And I think he takes a little bit for granted that like, you know, you, you you're good, but you got you, like there's a ton of and he's only 13. Right. But there's a, just a ton that you got to do because uh, everybody else is working, you know, right. and there's so many great rewards like this. It's like the life that you get you've gotten to live is because of her hard work. And then. By, you know, for your kids, it's kind of the same thing. And I think, you know, it does at some point that light bulb goes on. So all of a sudden you kind of blow up your senior year, right? Um, what was, what was the college decision like? Uh, it was a pretty easy one. So I went, I had a couple, two offers, right? So I had the Air Force Academy and I would have had to go to the prep school and I went right. on an official visit and I looked at my dad and Believe me, the mountains are there. They're great. I'm sure they're gorgeous too. And I looked at my dad and I, I remember, I just, please don't make me go to this. Please don't make me go to the Air Force. Like, I swear I'll do my chores. I'll do everything you want. You'll <laughs> never hear a complaint. 10 o'clock bedtime, no worries. And uh, so it, I think that my mom, my dad was really like, no, this can set you up long term. And my mom was kind of, okay, Tim, that's my dad. So Tim, you know, maybe this isn't the right, maybe TJ isn't a military guy. So I had that. So I had to, I, Pass that up, and I had to then go play AAU after my senior year. Sure, post grad, so which which back then it wasn't as as common as it is now because now you can transfer, you can do everything. So it's kind of weird, like a you know a, a, just a senior doing that. So I do well, and I get a Facebook message from this coach Mike Fairley at Niagara, who now you know going down the road is one of my favorite coaches. So get a Facebook message, reach back out immediately. We get on a call. I go to Niagara University. Like in the summer, no one's there in next to Canada, Buffalo. So I go up, a few guys came down, uh, Amin Tanksley, Wanya Green, who's a, a legend at Hofstra. 
And coach Ma- Joe Mahalik was the coach at, at Niagara. Fell in love with him, kind of my only offer. And it was kind of like, okay, let's go bet on yourself. Let's go, you know, if you really love basketball, you'll go to, you'll go to damn near Canada to go play. So we packed my bags up. My dad and I drove 18 hours and, and uh, it was a special first year. Like we had, a, if we all would have stayed, we had a top 25. Like, so we had Tajir McCall who ended up going to Tennessee state. He played, got a 10 day in the NBA. Um, just he's killing the Australian league. Wanye Green, only a thousand point on like one of four guys to score a thousand points at Hofstra at two schools, Hofstra and Niagara. We had Antoine Mason, Anthony Mason's son as our three, who, when we left is second in the nation in scoring behind Doug McDermott. So we had, and we were all freshmen and sophomores. And so if we would have stayed, but when coach Mahalik left after that year, it was uh, it was kind of a mass exodus and we all just left, but it was, it worked out being such a blessing to go to that school and be so good as a freshman, that team. Okay. So, and obviously this is before the days of the transfer portal, but so you go yeah. from kind of a little known dude, two scholarship offers. One was air force, right? Where you had to go to prep to now you, you have a little bit of substance. Obviously everybody knows your mom, right? And you've grown. What was the, what was the process of transferring to Richmond like? Well, it was, you know, I was really, it was nervous because I was nervous because, well, two things that are different. You knew, I knew that I have to sit out a year. It's not like now when your coach leaves, like you just said, where it's like one year you get a waiver and you're good. I knew that I had to sit out a full year. Right. So if you want to go to a place that, you know, values you, is going to develop you. And Richmond, when I got that feel, like, you know, I had a few high major calls, nothing crazy, but, you know, it was really down to Richmond, Charlotte, uh, Boise State, and one other school. And I remember going to Richmond. I went to Charlotte, then Richmond. And Charlotte was cool. The, you know, it was a little uneasy, the coaching staff. Da, da, da. I mean, not in a bad way, but they were, you know, just in a in a kind of do or die year the next year. Yeah. So Richmond came in, saw the facilities. Coach Mooney is just the man. Like, second dad, love that dude. Like, immediately you felt like a connection. And they showed me film film of Dan Giroux, who's the coach of the Cleveland Char- or Cleveland Charge, the G League team for the uh, for the or the Can Charge for Cleveland's G League team. Mm-hmm. So they showed me film of him, and it was like a mirror image of me. And uh, I fell in love. I mean, we we left campus, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sign when I get back, and that's the deal. And and so it was a really easy decision. The hardest thing was just okay. Now you really are not going to play for over 365 days. Can you do that? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And, and so, so, so I will give you my perspective. So when I left Notre Dame, you know, um, uh, so what I did was I sat at home for a year and went to a junior college where my first high school coach was coaching. And so I got to practice with them every day and I was like on the, you know, the scout team. So I just got to go and be an alpha and do whatever. Right. And then I got to, got to help coach in the games. And then my brother was coaching at, at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, which is like a four hour drive. Oh. And so I'd go up and watch them play on Saturdays. We'd play on usually on, on Friday, sometimes really in the week. I helped that and then I get in the car and I go drive and I had a, a girlfriend at the time who was at UC Santa Barbara, which was like on the way. So I just like stack my weekends with all that stuff. Right. But I, I truly believe that like now we're in this, Hey, I, I want to transfer. I want to play right away. And that sounds great, but having played a year and then getting a chance to work on your game, it's so great because you, you truly know, what you're missing. You truly know what you need to play at the college level. Whereas when you're prepping up into it, everybody can tell you, but you don't actually know. I think it's really valuable. Um, But you've actually experienced it on a college campus. What now that you have perspective, what do you think about that kind of gap year, if you will? I've, I mean, yeah, you, I couldn't have said it better. Like I've always said, and my family has always said my most important year was that red shirt year. Because not only was it a year that I was, I mean, you get humbled in college very quick. Yeah. And, you know, that first year you realize, okay, this isn't the same, you know, size I'll, dude. I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm going to give you a quick one. Okay. So I was recruited. The only reason I took Notre Dame, chose Notre Dame was John McLeod, NBA coach, you know, first year in the Big East. Notre Dame uh-huh. helps you out post-career. Great school. Touchdown. Jesus will make a three-point Jesus. Fran McCaffrey was the coach. Like, it was the coach who recruited me. I loved him. And I remember coming into his office three weeks into practice and the other point guard who I was supposed to just kind of be, I felt like given the starting job was a guy named Admore White. And when I say Admore White kicked my ass every day for three weeks in practice, like in pickup ball, I was good. I was fine. Right. Cause pickup ball, I was just open and just playing. It was like, it was just hooping, but you get into where people are like screening and 
and like, and these are grown ass men and you're running like a real motion offense. You're playing real defense. And I can't tell you how many times the shot, we didn't have a shot clock in high school. So the shot clock goes off and like, you're the point guard. It's your fault. Like all these things. I remember bawling in tears. I was like, Fran, I fucking suck. And he's like, he's like, he's like, yo, bro, well, hold, hold up, hold up. Like it's three weeks. You're 19. Like take a breath. But I just, you're exactly right. Like I was, I was the cocky asshole that was going to come in and wreck shop. And three weeks into practice, I'm bawling in tears. I need to go home because I can't do this. I'm not any good. Right. It's, it's really true. It does truly humble you. And then you get a chance to like, all right, now I'm going to fix all that shit. Um, what was, do you remember a humbling moment when you're at night? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I came off, I was in, I, my claim, if I was in Marcus Marsh districts in high school, they were, they were state champions. I ever date, I was coming in on my high horse, you know, out of nowhere. And I remember, you know, a one moment, this dude, I mean, Tanksley, and he's one of my good friends now, but I came off and I set a screen on him and we kind of got tangled up da, 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 and the shot goes down. And this is a dude. Now remember, I'm from the suburbs of Dallas. I'm from Plano, yeah. Texas. Okay? And yeah. not, not to my fault. That's where I grew up. Yeah. And so he's from, he, he went to Imhotep charter in Philadelphia. Okay. So he grabs me and I just flips me over on my back to where coach, coach Mahalik comes in like, yo, 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 yo. I mean, get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Kind of like saved it in the situation. But at that point I realized like none of the chicken wings, like we don't play that. You know, these guys are real dudes, like all that trash talk. If you, if you mean it in college, you got to mean it. You got to be, you know, you got to be willing to set the tough screens, battle download. Like it's a different live different level of physicality. I learned that it was like my fourth week. He flipped me in the middle of practice. I'm on yeah. my back. I, I was like, okay, I'll never stick out a chicken wing like that again. In practice. you know what I mean? You just, you'll do anything in high school. Cause you said you're the top dog, but you know, you kind of realize it when, you know, you're a senior and a freshman does that stuff. You, hey, you know, we don't do that around here. So it's a, it was a, that was probably my humbling moment of college. Um, but, but just over, you know, that, uh, I just can't stress that enough. Like, I completely agree. I wish that these kids, some could choose to sit out a year. You know what I mean? Or, well, they just, they just the like, look, we, we, I think we all, and part of it is the world we live in, right? We don't wait for anything anymore. We want to now. And, and, I, and I'll just, you know, a candid, like, I'm, I'm just as bad as anybody because I chose the school because I wanted to start right away, right? And then I didn't want to sit. You know, I was like, hey, man, you got to sit a year, you sit. Nah, no, thanks. Like, I have no interest. So I wanted to play right away. And then, sure, I'm sure if I could have transferred and played right away, I would have wanted to. But what, what I think more people need is the perspective of people like us who have been through it, which is like, I understand it feels like you should do it right away. And that would satisfy that need to play right away. And it's really, really hard. And, and I'm sure you can speak to this, that first half year you come back, it's kind of an out of body experience because you hadn't played in so long. You're just like, so it takes you a while to just kind of even settle in, even if you've been in the program. Um, but it's actually the best thing for you because you can actually, one, you can be the alpha in practice, right? Whereas a lot of times as a freshman, you're not the alpha. Usually when you transfer mm -hmm. your first year, you're not gonna be there, but you can, you can kind of expand your game as a scorer because you're like, fuck, I ain't playing. So if I want to shoot a little bit extra, what are they going to do? Sit me out? I'm already sitting. Right. Right? And usually coaches encourage that as well while you're sitting out. Like, go go get your work on your game. The other part is you, you do. You got to learn about the school and kind of being a student and how all that works because 
you know, once you get there, you're, 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 and you're actually playing, you don't have time to kind of ingratiate yourself to other people around campus oftentimes. And it, it improves, I think that, and then I think it helps you in terms of your development of understanding the culture of the place, the culture of the program. But, but we just, you know, it's that need we have for instant gratification. And I, again, I'm right. as guilty of it as anybody. Like I prefer to mobile order more than go in and, and do it as anybody, but that doesn't mean that's what's best for you. And I think you're saying what I agree with, which is it really is the best thing to sit out. <clears throat> and it's one of the things that screws up this whole process, you know, because a lot, if you're transferring, you're not going to the league, bro. You like, you got to work on your game for college. No, but the, and, and to counter that, the only positive thing I think about this is that guys like who are mid-major, you know, second round guys, like for yeah. example, a Kellen Grady where he went from Davidson to Kentucky because he didn't have that one year. It's kind of like that, almost like a prep kind of year. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Going up a year. But I, I agree that, you know, they don't understand that. And and I think the the human element we're forgetting is like, how much fun did you have in college? Total fun. Why would you not want another year of college? Like that was my, I got five. I, I just feel like, I feel like all these people that want these kids to leave college early. It's like, did you not go to college? Did you not have fun in college? In your life. You'll never it's get it. And like, wait, I, I get to do all the stuff with the team, but like, I can go out the night before a game. Like I can, I, like what? That, that's what I was. And that's how you really get it. You know, ingrained in the school is like being right. able to be not having limitations you got to work on your game there's no pressure of performing at the so yeah that that's what people I, I wish they would understand it more and i i wish that people would take the time to just sit not and like you said we're an instant gratification society and i think that instagram's really screwed us over with that because it's like oh, i feel bad let me get uh, 500 likes and now my confidence will be back up but it's it's they don't appreciate that if you sit out this year and this actually happened to grant golden at richmond this year so he was going to rush back. He went down with a heart injury my senior year. He was going to rush back, right, and try to make it for the last 10 games this season. He ended up not rushing back. We said, just get a full year. Think about this. So in his full year, you know what happened? Instead of him playing 10 games as my backup and making 10 minutes a game and, you know, he started on a team that went to the NCAA tournament. He wouldn't have had this year if he had to try to rush back. Right. He got to go to the NCAA tournament. They won the A-10 title. Like things that if you just have patience will come full circle. And I think that's a great, like, I'm so glad it paid off for him. But more people should just understand, like, when you're older, you're going to do things better. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm still tripping out the background. It looks fake. It's, I swear to God, it looks, it, it looks like, it looks like, no, no, you don't have that. Like, no, no, I want to show you the city. I want to show you the city. So look, so this is the mountains up here. And so this is the city down here. Uh, and this is the whole country. People speak Spanish. English. Do people speak English? Yeah. So they speak. Uh, it's like 50 50, but so it's a, it's a variation of Spanish called Catalan. And if they get into that, I'm screwed. But if they go Spanish, I, you know, I'm from Texas. I took four or five years in high school, so I can, I can put things together, but it's, it's Catalan, you know, Spanish for the most part. I love it. Um, okay. So what was your, then you get to play at Richmond. What was your experience like? I mean, I think that the way that we played just fit my game so well. You know, passing big man, um, just the person that they they give the ball to and they let me kind of because I'm a pass first guy. Or, you know, I was in college. And I, even now, I just think to make the right plays is so much better than jacking up a shot and getting everybody involved. And that's how you really win. So when they when I had the ball in my hand, 
um, kind of as a sophomore, it allowed me to have a lot of confidence. And like you said, I was, I was shooting the ball every time in when I was a, a red shirt, because not only do you just have the ultimate green light, but every day I'm a different character. So right. I'm going to post up if this guy bangs, if the guy shoots fade away shot. I loved it when guys shot crazy shots, who was my guy on scout, because that allowed me to do whatever. Um, so that, you know, my confidence was high going in. We had, uh, we had a senior, Kendall Anthony, who was our point guard, and he really allowed me to kind of not take the range with him, but really establish myself as a guy who could pass, dribble, shoot. And, uh, and Coach Mooney gave me the confidence. I remember we played Davidson my sophomore year, and it's like the fourth or fifth uh, game in the A-10. And I had my biggest game, I had like 23 or something. And Coach Mooney after that was like, you ready to take the next step? Like, are you ready? And he's always been good at motivate, the kind of boosting your confidence that way. And uh, I think from there, it was just like such a snowball effect from, and I really think it stems from that red shirt year, like truly like learn how to play at that level, confidence, all the things we talked about to now I'm doing it in the games, not even thinking about it at an A-10 level when I was just in the Mac. And so I think that it was just, you know, when you're in a snowball, you just don't, you don't think you just keep going. And we had a great year that year. And uh, we went to the NIT quarters, lost to Miami to go to the to MSG and it was a really great year for my confidence and kind of uh, taking that next step. So it really just put me right into place. What is it for those of us who haven't been in it? What is that VCU game like? Craziest game. Like just the environment. Like when you go there, you feel like you're the most hated team in the world. And I see what you mean with the reflection, how this looks fake. Um, no, but it's so it's uh it's just like when you go there, it's pure hatred. Like they're booing you off the bus. They're booing you to get in. And I'm like, dude, this is the A10. This isn't Duke, Carolina. Like, what do you, what do you guys, because you know, our fans, they're nice. They're polite. They're clapping. They're this, they're encouraging. They're not hating. And these guys just hate you. I'm getting mess DMs. My mom's getting DMs. Everybody like to the point where I'm like, do they like, I didn't, what did I do? So, you know, going in it's, it's, and you're just nervous as hell the entire time. So I got lucky my first game. They were number 14 in the nation and we went in and, and knocked them off at their place. And so like our guard, Kendall Anthony had like 30, you know, I hit like two threes. There's the only thing I had just kind of flicked them in was so nervous and uh, we won. So I think that shook the nerves my first time. And then we end up beating them my sophomore year or we end up beating them the second time at home down three. Listen to this. So we're down, talk about like win probability ESPN. We're down three with, uh, with like three seconds to go. They foul us, intentionally foul us. Our point guard makes the first one, misses the second. They tip it out of bounds. We run a screen play. I screen, slip to the basket, lay up under the basket, goes into double overtime. We win, storm the court. So I'm 2-0 and against VCU, right? Never beat him again. <laughs> never, never beat him again. Played him two times in the A-10 tournament. And so like, it's it just to go back to your, to go back to your question, it's the most rowdy environment you'll ever experience. Like it's for it to be 30, you know, 3,500 people, 4,000 people in an arena, the bands, there's never a dull moment. There's people. Uh, dressed up. You, you know, it's, what's funny. It's so, um, when I was in Notre Dame, we didn't really have a rival, right? There's just in basketball, you just didn't like, we didn't play SC, we played UCLA. That's like a historic, but they came in and kicked our ass. We weren't, they were defending national champions. We were in the new league, the big East. We didn't play Marquette that year. There just wasn't like a natural rivalry. So I go to Oklahoma state and I, you know, like everybody talked about the OU game and mm -hmm. we were, we, we were supposed to be, you know, one knew we were going to be good and we were picked last and, um, 
And I, I just remember like, you know, everybody's, you know, like, I hate OU, fuck OU. And, and we, you know, we hate them. And they were back then they were real. Everybody was good. Tulsa was good. Oral Roberts was good. And we were good as well. And I, I, I remember like, okay, I'm supposed to hate them, but I don't, I didn't grow up here. I don't know any of those dudes. The only thing I knew was like Kelvin Sampson came in super late to offer me, but he clearly didn't know anything about my game. Like it was just awkward. And, um, so we go down there and we walk off the bus and you walk down the dock down the ramp and you walk in two hours for the game and their place is notorious for being half full, right? Except for Kansas, Texas, and OSU, right? And so we walk in and there's not an empty seat in the student section. And they, and I was like, and they're yelling shit at you. And then I get introduced and they throw credit cards at me and they have this, you know, and I was like, okay, it's on. It took me exactly introduction to fucking hate them. Right. And, but you know, but before everybody's just telling like, we hate them, we hate them, we hate them. Like, dude, mm-hmm. I don't even know these guys. I don't even know these guys. And it's really interesting on how did it did. Was there a moment where it clicked where you're like, yeah, I don't like these dudes at all. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. It's everything about them. It's the way that coach Mooney talks about it. It was, it was just, I mean, one I signed to Richmond, it was the tweets at myself, at my friends, at my mom, like, you know, you know, welcome to the loser club. You know, you guys suck. Like you're showing the record. And it's just like, these dudes are such assholes that I'm like, you know, screw y'all. And, and from then on, it's just like, like Richmond is red and blue. They're black and gold. Yeah. Rich, you know what I mean? Richmond's in this part of, or, or, you know, Richmond, you are in this part of Richmond. They're in the city. They're, they're complete. They play speed it up. We play the Princeton. We're trying to move the ball. They, you know, press you 94 feet. So everything about you hates playing against guys like they're, the way they act, the way, I mean, they recruit certain guys. They were, and this is their, this is their brand. Shock, yeah. you know, built up a great brand. But if you are on the other side, it's like, I'm sure you love them if that's your team. But if you, if you don't, you hate them. And the fact they were successful, like, God, I just still, it, my, my blood just boils. You know what I mean? Just thinking yeah. about. Uh, People are on Mooney's ass all the time, right? There's been, especially after you left, it was, there was a, a down cycle, right? And then this year they obviously recovered. You played for him. You experienced the whole thing. What, what would what would be what would be your retort to people who don't love Chris Mooney at, at Richmond? Well, you don't see him every day. You don't see what the trial. Well, first of all, Richmond's a private school in Virginia. That's you know a great academic. You know how hard it is to get students in there to get yeah. athletes in there that you want to recruit. And so, like, you got to see where he's coming from. The way he handles. I'm more about people than I'm, you know, if you build a good culture and you're good to people, good things are going to happen. If you do it the right way, he does it the right way. You do workouts the right way. You work on things. You run the right offense. You play the right way. You do things on the court. So it's like he, he doesn't cheat. He doesn't do any of the, the slimy stuff, but they had a few down years. And people don't want to, like we talked to, they don't want to trust the process. They don't want to wait. They don't want to be patient. Like we had a great group coming up. We were going to make the tournament three years ago. As an at-large, COVID happened. We came back. We had three separate COVID cases with, you know, an, a fifth-year team. So then they run it back this year. And finally, it's just, there were billboards in Richmond that said, fire Mooney, fire. It's just to, to go at someone when he's doing all the right things and a world pandemic ruined what was going to be the most successful season and just forget about that 21-8 and eight season. It pisses me off because the fan base at Richmond is supposed to be a tight-knit community. 
And when you got people putting billboards up to a guy you don't know, you've never met, you don't even, you don't get to be in his presence and, and feel that energy and that love and what he does for us after basketball, you, you don't, you don't get to say screw code Mooney. You don't get to say anything as far as I'm concerned. Where were you when the pandemic first started? Where were you playing? Uh, I was in Israel. Okay. So you're playing for Halon? Hapo Halon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're playing for Hapo Halon. And then, um, did you, did, did you guys, was it discussed? Did you see it coming? Like, as I'll give you my perspective was I was, I remember I was, uh, I was guest hosting for Colin Cowherd. And so I was going into the Fox lot every day. It's a t- uh, radio show that's on TV. It's a simulcast. No, no, and, I listen. I, I, okay. I, I listen. So, so I, re- so I, like you're listening to the news coming in and I talked to a couple of my friends are in the NBA. They're like, bro, this is bad. Like they may stop playing some games for a while. I was like, really? Like, yeah. So the way that show works, you go in at six in the morning, the show starts at nine, you go at six, you have a meeting. There's like 15 people in it. Start ideas. You got to have graphics on stuff. And I, I remember like two days before my last day doing it, I was like, Hey, um, should we be talking about this COVID thing? Cause it kind of seems like a big deal. And they're like, mm, not a sports topic. And you know, n- people don't want to hear bad news about a really bad flu. Right. That was, that was it. Like, I was like, yeah, but I, they might stop playing sports. They're like, well, when that happens, we'll talk about it. I was like, okay. So literally the last day, it was like a Wednesday. Because on Thursday, I was leading for the Big Ten tournament. On that Wednesday was when Rudy Gobert came down with, uh, with, with COVID and they canceled that game. So that morning, we get done with the meeting and I'm walking with a guy who's like the, the connector between the executives and the show. And I was like, hey, man, listen, I, we, I think we got to talk about this, this COVID thing. Like, I think it's going to shut down sports. He's like, look, I hear you. It's on all the news stations but it hasn't yet. And people don't want to just hear about bad news about people that like, that's just not the, that's just not where we are. Like it's, I was like, I just, I feel like, okay. But you know, like at some point you're still an employee and you're like, okay, I trust you. Like we'll do whatever. So then that night was the Rudy Gobert thing. And the next day I'm driving to the airport to do the big 10 tournament. And I get a text turn around. And I was like, <laughs> you get a text turn around. You're like, <laughs> no, no, don't go to the airport. Fine, man. Big Ten tournaments canceled. I'm like, what? So then I listen to the radio, and they're like, they actually had canceled the they they played a Big East game that day, and at halftime, yeah. it was crazy. So, uh, where where are you? Because I because in Israel, you play what Wednesday and Sunday? I think Wednesday and uh, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, when yeah, because we're in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, so Wednesday and yeah, Sunday because or or after or Saturday after the Shabbat. So okay. yeah, weekend, weekday, but we, uh, I remember, you know, there being rumblings of it and I'm, I'm a huge college basketball guy. Right. So I went and got another miniature TV ready to go, you know, got a full stack of, of white, you know, paper to write on, you know, everybody's coming over to watch the games and we're wa- and we watched the first one, like you said, the big East game and our season was still, we were still planned at that time. And so we had had off practice that day before. Um, because they were talking about what's going to happen with pandemic, da, 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 da. And so when I see that end, I was actually over with Marcus Foster from, he played at Creighton a couple years sure. before. Yeah. K-State so and, and Creighton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, this guy. yeah, exactly. So he's one of my good, one of my good buddies. And we, you know, we had a great year that year, but so we're sitting there and we're like, 
what's going on? So then we get a, a text from our team, like probably three hours later, practice canceled, team meeting. We're like, okay, because there hadn't, so there wasn't cases in Israel yet, right? So, because if Israel, there's cases, you know, them it's being shut down the borders, everything's going to be. So we're like, okay, what's going on? Da, da, da. So we show up, team meeting, they're like, hey, the league's decided because of this coronavirus pandemic, you know, we're going to end the league now. Everybody needs to, to get out as quickly as possible before they, possibility of shutting down borders so marcus his wife his daughter myself another teammate i mean we we, we get the first flight in we you know i take back the tv right so i t- take the tv back pack my bags and uh and we're out of there in like two days and so to talk contract negotiation i mean as far as like buyouts they're not going to make any money for the rest of the season they're gonna have to settle with us the tv people aren't going to pay that so it was just like so much stuff happening at once, but your only focus was like, are we going to die if we get this? Like, cause that's, we, no one knew what it was. No, we do. So yeah. we're like, what first you're like, okay, it's, it's a common cold. And then it's like, it's a flesh beating bacteria. And then it's like, okay, let's just get home. So it was, it was the craziest thing to be overseas because you had to make sure the country we're going into didn't have any cases. You know, you're going to be in the, you're going to be in the airport. Um, do they have certain regulations that, you know what I mean? You have to get, so it was just a, uh, it was kind of weird and, and the team worked really well with us getting back, but to be in a different country when the pandemic was going on, we had no idea what was going on. And I mean, we made it back, you know, a week before it, you know, I think the lockdown was in place in the States. Um, yeah. Cause that was probably like three or four days after, uh, after the go bear thing. What'd you do during the lockdown? Stay, stayed at home. Um, I mean, the, the great thing about the lockdown at the time is I was gone for eight months. So it's not like I've seen my family every day. I'm like, I'm thrilled to be locked in with my siblings and my mom. I, you know what I mean? To be able to at least hang out. By about a weekend, it got a little tiring. Um, luckily, you know, there was a, a basketball church that uh, that we knew the pastor and they kind of, they let me slide in there daily. And that was kind of like my therapy. But other than that, I mean, Video games. I ran back NCAA 2K, the one with uh, Reggie Bush on the cover. Sure. The championship. And I'm sorry to say it. My uh, my dad did business with uh, Oklahoma at Learfield. So I grew up a diehard Sooner. I'm sorry. Uh, not basketball, only football. So I, I ran it back, had Kyler Murray, you know, had uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown on my team. So we won a few titles in that time. And that's about it. Uh, okay. And I'm sure you watched The Last Dance too, right? Like, so. Last Yeah. Yeah. Was last Dance in Seinfeld. Uh, favorite Seinfeld episode is what? The soup Nazi. No soup for you. No soup for you. That's that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, okay, so your first team back was was where? Um, first team back. So I go back overseas and I sign with. So me and Marcus played really well together that year when the pandemic hit. So that was one positive. Stock was high. So I went to a team in uh, Italy last year. Brussia. This team called uh, Brussia, and they're about an hour outside Milan. Um, Euro Cup, really good opportunity. And it was cool. It was like, I love living in Spain because I've, I've been in Israel three years. It's a new experience, completely different. Italy, I was so excited for the food, the this. It was the most, it was the worst hit place by COVID in Italy. So remember it hit Italy hard first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most deaths, that were that's a really older population over there. It knocked out a lot of them. So that we were in a red zone. So if you left your apart, like left your apartment without, you had paperwork on your, on your desk. And it had to say, I, TJ Klein, I'm leaving at this time to go get, you can either get your haircut, supermarket or, uh, or work. 
So to say, I'm going here. And if you didn't, there was like a 500 euro fine. If they pulled you over and you didn't have the paperwork or there wasn't reasoning. So it wasn't, it was a cool team and situation, but it just was not the same. And it was, it was the toughest one. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So you go into play in Italy, and it's this place that's devastated by the pandemic. Were there any fans? No. No fans, like, on the road. The only positive, no fans, no nothing, only positive thing. Your own road, your own room on the road, COVID rules. What do you mean your own room on the road? Ro- your own room on the road. So oh. normally you're bunking up, you know, you're up small beds. Da, 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 well, no, I, I know. Listen, I know that, but everybody else doesn't know that. They think this, this is, they think like, oh, you go to Europe, you're just getting paid and you're hooping. It's like the NBA. We're like, no, nah, you practice, you practice <laughs> twice a day. You room with somebody else on the road. The beds are not luxurious, even in nice hotels, right? Like no, it's no. completely they're different. They're singles in every hotel. And if you get a queen size bed, it's two singles put together and you hope there's a mattress pad over it. No, they do, they do, the luxury we have in the States is we take it for granted for what, what, what's going on over here. Who is the other American? Uh, so we had a bunch of, we had Kenny Cherry last year. Uh, sure. He went to Baylor. Uh, went to we had Drew Crawford who went to Northwestern, um, and those were the other those were the two other oh and Tyler Kalinowski went to Davidson. 
Sure. And so those were our three, me and me, we're the, those were the, the three Americans or the four Americans. And, uh, no, it was definitely a culture shock. Me, me and Kenny probably became the closest. He's out in Spain as well. Um, but you know, it was, it was a daily, that was the hardest year of my professional career. And, and the thing is that people really don't understand that I, I'm so glad I did the G league this year to understand. And the wizards, I don't know if they're like most organizations, but we share a practice facility with the wizards. So we get the training table, we in the practice facility anytime we want that they really treat us well. And uh, I mean, it was, it was the best professional experience as far as facilities, amenities, and that's in the G league. And I was making, you know, way less um, than, than you're even making over here, but the, the style of life and, and you no, know, there's nothing that compares to what we have in the States. And people don't, people don't understand that enough. Like guys, when how, how did you, you're in Italy and everything shut down. How'd you eat? You had to cook yourself or do you DoorDash? Like what, what is it? Oh, like? DoorDash. Come on. I'm not missing out on that Italian food. So, you know, it was, we had this guy Paco and he had the best restaurant in town. He would stay up late for us. And, uh, you know, when we get out of practice, order a pizza or order some pasta or some chicken, sit fish. But no, I wasn't missing out on that food and that wine. So we had it delivered every night and, uh, it was cool. I mean, it stunk, but at least I got food. Did you guys hang out together or do you have to maintain your distance? Like how was it with, with your teammates? Well, uh, I was lucky enough to live. There's this guy, Christian Burns, and he's been playing overseas for a while. And uh, he, his family was out there and we lived in this kind of, it was actually the coolest place I ever lived in. I negate this, you know what I mean? But, uh, and negate Tel Aviv, but it was, it was, uh, we lived in a castle, Doug. And we lived in, we had our own separate little houses. They had like a bigger one because they had a family of four, but I had my own two floor level and and the the dutch or whatever the the guy who is the son of the guy was living over here in this in this area this big part of the wing of the house it was nuts you never saw anybody you can get it from the out you can get in from the outside but so i got to at least have the family vibe and i miss my little brothers i have two little brothers and a little sister and i miss that interaction of kind of just being around you know playing with kids just enjoying myself and and uh just messing around. I'm a kid at heart. So I at least got to, I at least got to, you know, live and, and be with them and be in that area. But otherwise no teammates over, no nothing. You go from the gym to home. Like my teammates who were single and by themselves were miserable. Um, you mentioned the three years in Israel. What was it like to be your mom's son in Israel? It's the craziest thing. Cause that's probably the, that place was probably the least amount of, and I, I, used, I don't, this word is but clout. You know what I mean? Like when right. you go, for, oh, you send it. that was the least that I ever had because Israel, they're hardworking, they're hardworking people. You prove what you can do. So yeah, you that's a big fun, thing. You, have, you must come to prove yourself. You have to. And, you know, they've gone to, they've gone to the army straight out of high school. They've carried a rifle. Like there's nothing that impresses them unless they see it with their two eyes. And so that was the coolest. And, but if they, if you do well, the best man, like I literally just tweeted, I got a lot of pushback because I tweeted about hello fans being great. Maccabi fans. So I, I said, Israeli fans are the best fans in Europe. And it read, they really, I mean, they all, the, a thousand people are going to Spain for the champions league game out of hello. So it's really, uh, I mean, if they're with you, they're with you. It's amazing, but no, you have to prove yourself each and every day. So going in there as Nancy's son, didn't mean shit on a, on a, on a grand scale. It's, can you hoop? Can you make us better? Can we win championships? Um, if you were going to give advice to somebody who's getting ready to go overseas, uh, what, what would you tell them? 
Just be prepared to embrace the journey. Like there's going to be things that you've never, that you're going to be so battle tested. If you can, it's almost like the red shirt thing. If you can, in the moment, have the perspective of this is going to be a part of my story, a part of my journey, like the coolest experiences that I'll get to talk to Doug Gottlieb later about this, that, but like, if you can really put that into perspective and, and pass that down to the next man who's coming out of college, like, that's what I would say is like, you got to understand there's going to be some nine, 10 hour travel days that are going to suck. And you're going to go to Slovakia to play a Euro cup game. And it's just going to be miserable. And then you got to get up at 6am the next morning and go home. There's not going to be any ice. There's not going to be any cold tub. You're going to have to make your own food. You're going to be hungry. You can't read the, but embrace every part of it. So it's really, if you can just go and nothing prepares you for this. So if you can go in with the mindset of, I get to do this rather than I have to do this, it changes everything. And it's been since last year that I kind of adapted that. And it's changed everything on how I look at this, how I embrace this journey. You only get a little bit of time to be in your prime and play basketball for a living. And go on, a, it's like a vacation, like I'm outside of practice, I'm here all day. So it's like, I'm living a vacation, but I'm also playing basketball. It's just, it's a special thing. So just embrace what, embrace what the hell is in front of you. I wish that we would allow the offensive basket interference in the state. The way that the goaltending rule in FIBA, I like the best. I think you compete for offense rebounds. You can knock off, knock the ball off a rim on a second free throw you know, when it's bouncing around up there, I don't believe in cylinder protection. I also love the, the what, 14 second reset on yeah. offense rebound. I, I love, I love that. You play in it. Okay. It's a different style of basketball. What parts do you like? What parts do you dislike about the FIBA rules and how the game is uh, officiated there? Um, I would definitely say that the, I like the rule, you know, in, you know, in theory, but when you're a, you know, a white guy who doesn't necessarily play too much above the rim, that can kind of screw you over in a few, few cases. So it is nothing more frustrating on a second free throw and it's bouncing in and someone just bops it off. But if they tap it, mistakenly tap it in, you get two points instead of one. I know, I know. But you know what? That happens very few and far in between these guys. I mean, we have drills where they're practicing tipping it off the rim. So um, I, I, what I really like over here is, is the physicality. Um, I also love the, uh, the flagrant foul rule. Like if you're on a fast break and it's not, it's you can even be a step ahead of them. It's a flagrant foul, two shots. You have to be going for the ball. Even if you're guarding them one-on-one in the half court and they feel you didn't go for the ball. I mean, some guys will do the hard foul in the NBA, right? Like overseas, they go look at that. You're going in line for two. So it's like, you can't just get away with a, and I love the uh the emphasis on waste on using fouls so if you're in a closeout situation <clears throat> swung 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 a guy gets by me drives by I, I make a small foul on the arm and i raise my hand it, it cuts off the now they got to take it out run the it's just every possession means so much more because there's 10 minutes and i mean there you can pack the paint there's still three i, I was, there's I was playing seconds. for i played for maccabi ranana and we're playing maccabi tel aviv and we're playing in Metro West, which I'm sure you played there. Uh, and because now Renana is what? B'nai Hasharon, right? They combined with Herzliya, I think. Yeah, Hod Hasharon. Oh, Hod Hasharon. Okay. So yeah. anyway, we're playing we're, and we're at the end of the first quarter, we're winning. And there was a play where, you know, long three or something, and I'm back defensively. And instead of the quick foul, like I felt like it was going to be an intentional, a flagrant, a intentional foul, whatever. So I didn't do it. And then they, they messed up on a three-on-one or three-on-two or something. And we were up like, I don't know, eight at the end of the first quarter. 
And our coach, the guy named Sharon Drucker, he coached the national team. I think he coached the women. That was my coach two years ago in Halon. Uh, okay. Gottlieb, Gottlieb, you must foul. You must foul. I was like, no, 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 no. We must, we must get stops and win the game, dude. I ain't found that shit. But the other reason is like, I was, if I, I, it would have been my second foul and I wasn't, I didn't want to sit, you know? So, and he was going to, he was going to, going to sit me. So I was like, nah, I might. Right. So, but that, I, that's I, what they're all about. The good of the team. You know what I mean? Make, I don't team. care if you have one foul, make the foul. We'll get another guy in, but you know what? Stop that three on two. I know exactly. It's, it's frustrating as an American knowing you're over there to produce. So I can't produce on the bench, but they're like, we don't care. We just want to win. We don't, we don't care. No, we, 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 we absolutely don't care. No, it was, that it was, a, that's always an issue. Okay. Um, what do you dislike about the, the way in which it's officiated or the rules are played? Um, I mean, I think what made the game a lot more fun in the M, like the G League was like, there was no defensive three seconds. And over here, you can just pack the paint. So, like, I'm a fan of good basketball, but I'm also a fan of, like, play the right way, but, you know, you can't just sit in the paint. It kind of takes away from the professionalism of being able to just go get a bucket. You can still be in help defense, but you even have to be more locked in because you have to tag a man in the NBA or yes. you have to get out. But, I mean, even Lucas said it's so much easier to score in the NBA because of that. And I think it allows you to, to showcase your game and kind of separate the level. By design. By, by design, right? The right. And I like that. by design I, I, to help the offense. I, but I like that a lot because it allows play. That's the true essence of basketball yeah. is the beauty of one-on-one, -on -one, you know, going to get, you know what I mean? Trying to get more, you know, buckets. And, and that's the one thing I don't like that I really like in the NBA. The space was just so much more fluid and you could really make more plays. Um, all right. Give me a guy who you had never heard of before you played against him. And you were like, I can't believe how good this dude is. I've, I've never heard of this, this human being before. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> okay. So my, and so I'm going to say I played with him my first year, right? That's fine. And he busted my ass in practice every day. And this dude was like 35 at the time, just came from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Was captain there for like ten years. This guy, Guy Panini, right? I know Guy Panini was uh, was eighteen on my team in Maccabi Renana, and he was, that, and we and we would we would kick his ass every day and talk shit to him because he was he was kind of like a flake. Like he was like eighteen. Yeah, he was like no, he liked the ladies. He was he was a good looking Israeli guy with good hair. He was tall, yeah. and we used to fuck with him. So Guy Panini, go ahead. And guy, it was just, I'd never heard of him. I'm like, who the hell is Guy? There's a guy named Guy. So I'm like, hey, Guy Vanini. So I show up. He's the guy. I'm like, okay, I'll start over this 34 year. He can shoot the shit out of it. Yeah. He can play. I mean, he's the smartest player I've ever played with. He'll be a head coach when he retires, no doubt about it. He's still with Halon, makes it, I mean, drops two or three dimes a game, hits a few threes, like knows his game at 36, 37. But that was a guy who I came in and I was like, this dude showed me. I say to this day, like, I'm as good of a foreman over here, like making reads and stuff, because he showed me how to do it. He showed me in a back screen, you know, when they hedge out, you just slip out. When they're when they're in a, in a drop, you set that back. Like, he taught me those things that I was like, dude, like, he's my greatest mentor, I would say, on the court that I've had overseas. Um, and, and I had no idea who he was or when I looked at him, you know, he's, he's 34. I'm like, who is this average guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, they come in and they're just so random looking, whatever. And then they don't, they don't miss. Like they it's don't, fun. they don't miss. 
there. It's like it's in their Israeli blood. You know what I mean? Like they're going back. It's not to just Israelis. Israelis. It's all of them. They get to the, they, they get to that age and they just they don't uh, they 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 don't miss. Um, you mentioned this window of your prime. Obviously, the dream is the league. How attainable is that dream? I mean, I think that this year showed. Like Doug, I'm not saying that I'm going to be a 10 year guy. You know what I mean? Like my goal is to play in the NBA. It doesn't matter yeah. what, it doesn't matter if it, that's why I went to the G league. Like it doesn't matter about the 10 day. Like it doesn't matter. But how did you not get a 10 day this year? It seemed like everybody was getting. So I came late. I was coming off an injury at the end of last season. So we stayed there because there was the war last year in Israel. Right. So we had to stay through that. And we didn't get, you didn't mention any of that shit. I, I asked you about, you said you were in Italy and then you didn't mention about going back. Oh, to so, okay. The sorry. Yeah, so halfway through the season last year, Maccabi Tel Aviv picks me up. Okay. And I go out there. Okay, so hold on. So for people who understand, uh, people understand European basketball, like, okay, Maccabi Tel Aviv. For people who don't, like, this is like the Lakers, okay? Mid-season going like, hey, dude, like, you used to play for the Kings. The Halone is better than the Kings, I understand. Okay, but it's it's like the Kings, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, the Lakers called, and they want you on the team." So, what's that experience like of of going to play for Maccabi Tel Aviv? It's like my agents like, "Hey, do you want to do this?" Like you're just like, yeah. "My I already start packing my bag." So, just the cachet of like when you get there, the fans are all "Yalla Maccabi!" Like outside when you're just walking in for shoot around, like. So the coolest thing was just you know the fan support from Israel, but you get there and it's like you see. Walk in this famous, you know, their famous arena. And then you see everybody on the wall. You see all the legends. You see the history. You see the championships they've won. And so it's really just like walking down the hall, of like seeing how it, I'd imagine how it'd be in the Lakers, in the Lakers facility. Like it's a great analogy. So getting there, that's kind of like the dream as you get overseas. Like, can you play in the EuroLeague top league? And so just kind of it to be in the middle of the season was, uh, it was a transition and everything, but it was also, I got there towards, in February and towards the playoffs, we had fans. So I got to experience. And I mean, to have 15,000 rocking in that arena, screaming, whether you're down or up craziness, like fans like I've never seen before. It was a, the true Maccabi experience. And, and just, it, it was more, it was the coolest thing that I've had to experience as a pro from a notoriety standpoint, just the team, the level, the, the travel, the private charters, the, it was uh, it was everything is advertised. Okay, so war breaks out. What, oh yeah, what, what what happened? So you know Hamas and there was you know rockets from Gaza fired, and we thought it was going to happen, and it was uh, <clears throat> you know it was like two in the morning, and the sirens just go off, and so you have a bomb room in your apartment. It's not standard. You have to have a bomb room in your somewhere in your apartment in Israel. So whether it be in the hallway, whatever. So we had a bomb room in our apartment. So me and, you know, Tyler Dorsey from Oregon. Sure. We were, we were the American. Huh? There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So we were the Americans, two of the Americans out there that were uh, not with family. So we got in the bomb room, um, just kind of waited it out. The sirens go off for, you know, you hear the missiles and there's an iron dome that protects Israel. For those who don't know, the iron dome is 99.9 .9 effect percent effective so it's like we're, we're pretty sure we're good but you so know, the, the iron dome for people know, is it's a missile defense system that shoots down these rockets right right it's right. not an actual dome but it's like it's a virtual dome that it's you know like all of this cell phone technology that's all developed in israel and it was all developed in israel for war 
right? That, that we use just to, to talk on our cell phones, like all of this stuff. And they right. furthered it and they have this, like the missile defense system that actually shoots down other missiles. So when, when the missile rockets are fired, like did you go outside and you're watching the Iron Dome? Are you in the bomb room? Like, what, what are you doing? So actually, and her friend who just called me was actually out there and I, she was the one, she played on the girl, one of the girls teams. And so with all the Americans kind of together and she was, I was out there filming. So yeah, I mean, my thing was like, when will I ever get to experience and be in the thick of war again? Like the Iron Dome is supposed to be effective. Like, let's go. Come on. I trust my Israeli people. So, you know, I'm out there filming. We finally get in the bomb room because the thing is when the sirens go off, you want to get in the bomb room because the missiles are done, but what the debris is still falling. So you don't want to be around, say, hit your balcony, say it hits anything like that. So that was, uh, that was the craziest thing. So it happened like two or three nights in a row, carried on for like a week. Just we'd be at practice one day, sirens go off, go in this room in the building, da, 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 da. So they postponed the, the league, about half the Americans leave. We all, you know, some of us stick it out and uh, the league got pushed back. So finally, you know, they, they had the, the peace treaty and they kind of resolved it within, I think it was like two weeks. It was the longest that it had gone in a while. And uh, the first time they had shot in Tel Aviv in like 15 years. So it was, it was quite the experience. Um, it definitely rattled me a little bit overseas at the time, but I, I'm, I'm really happy I did get to go through that because, you know, what, what, a, what an experience, what a story that, that people don't get to have. And when my perspective changed on why these people are the way they are in Israel, they have to be, they have to be, you know, well, that, that's, that's the part that I don't think enough like we just we don't understand. You cannot tell an American who has hasn't been to Israel. You can't say, hey, you got to have these ideas and you have to have to treat these people like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like on all sides, they're surrounded by countries that don't want them to exist. Right. 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 They don't really want peace. They actually want to they want them off into the sea. Right. So it's a you have to you, our mentality is one where we can maintain some peaceful sense because we're separated from all the people that don't like us. Right. Right. They, they don't have that ability. You can't, that's just not the way it works. And no. it, it, it changes your perspective greatly. And yeah. And it, and it makes you understand why they carry a chip on their shoulder. They have to, they have to be watching their back at all times. The sirens can go off. And, and that's what they, it was kind of a normalized thing to them um, that the Israeli teammates were kind of like, you know, this, you know, not to this extent, but this happens sometimes this happens. This is why we have the iron dome. So just to see that that's kind of the, the atmosphere that they live in. And they make the most of it, but it is, it is, it takes, you know, I have a lot of credit for them to, uh, to still carry on and, and, and live their lives the way they do with, uh, like you said, every country around them wants them dead. Like there's, there's no negotiating about it. There's no like, well, maybe they're kind. No, yep. like, and so, no, it, it's, it definitely puts a perspective change in your head and makes you appreciate it. Um, coolest place you've been in your travels. Ooh, coolest place. Um, I would say, I would say Barcelona, but I'm not going to go basic. Monaco. Monaco was sick. My, from my rookie year, we went to Monaco. You look outside, you wake up and it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, you know, from everything of the city to Lambo, I mean, you won't see a regular car out there. So Monaco is probably the coolest eye-opening thing as a rookie. I was like, okay, this is Europe. Um, okay. A uh, place that you least liked. Man, uh, what if I have to pick a team that doesn't have a good budget? Um, okay. Uh, least liked. 
He's like, you out there like, dude, this is rough. Um, There's a place in Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mineral yeah, okay. in, in Russia. It was the grayest, ugliest place I've ever been in my life. Yes. So uh, what was the name of the city you just said? Mineral Voda. It was like mineral water. Mineral Voda. Okay. Yeah. So I got another one for you. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Karshaka, Turkey. That was a, that was a weird one. That was also my freshman year or my rookie year. He's saying freshman. That was my rookie year going to Karshaka, um, Turkey it was just, it was, it's in, uh, it's in Izmir. And it was just the, I was living in Istanbul and that's kind of like a little bit, you know, oh, Istanbul is amazing. Up unreal so i'm like okay this is cool this part of, but then you got to go on to see the real side of like kind of the underbelly of turkey a little bit yeah and uh i look outside and there was a there was a dirt road and that was our that was our scenery just a, a dirt you know crop field and i was like okay all right we're in we're in turkey so i would say that was kind of the the weird one for me um okay so uh last thing in 10 years where where's tj klein what is he doing hopefully you know honestly like and I, it's it's worked you know decently to this point um like i just want to just keep doing as well i can in basketball as far as and i know that sounds cliche but in the sense of like i've said like just take take what's in front of me and not kind of plan it out but the end goal is to just make connections that can help pass it on to kind of the young i mean we talked about how much if we could tell someone about the transfer portal now, like that's kind of where I'm at. I have a lot of younger siblings. I have a lot of younger, you know, kids, Grant Gold and Jacob Gilliard guys that are just younger that I've kind of given advice to. And I, I really see like, that's kind of the, the whole point of this whole thing. And so I'm just, I mean, I want to be able to connect athletes and kind of help them, especially overseas athletes to get their mindset right before they come over here and kind of build a, a network where you can reach out and you can hit up a guy who played for this coach and kind of so you can have an understanding and be educated on what it is. Because if you just go over here, I've seen a lot of guys, myself included, I wasn't ready for Istanbul. That's a tough place as a rookie. And I left. I went to, I told my agent, I, I got to leave. I got to go to Israel. You know, that sounds like a great place. But I wish that I would have, you know, just had someone to kind of let me know how it was. So that's what I want to do. Just kind of help out the younger generation and in any way that I can. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, you know, networking, communicating, you know, building people together is kind of where I'm finding myself right now and kind of what I've been doing. How much do you get to watch the NBA playoffs? Um, I'm a psychopath. So, uh, um, the one, the one thirty game I'm in one thirty AM game. I'm in here. The four o'clock game was just tough because my boy, Luca, I'm from Dallas. That one's recorded for the morning. So we go morning, then we'll uh, we go first things first and then see what's going on. Is is Luca who is Luca the most popular guy uh overseas or is it KD? Is it Steph? No, like, Luca, Luca for sure. Luca for sure. Especially in Spain and stuff, like 77s everywhere, because he was at Real Madrid. Yeah. So I mean Luca is the biggest one over here. Um when I went when we played in Greece last year. Onto the Kumbo jerseys like everywhere and on every corner, you know, three, four, this, that. So he's the biggest, obviously, in Greece, but overall that I've seen, Luca is definitely the the prodigy of Europe. I've tried to explain to people that they don't they don't dig the ISO ball. They don't dig what is it? What about LeBron, KD, those guys? What's the what's the real fit basketball guys wise? What's the what's the feeling like of those guys overseas? Like what do what do the fans think of them? Maybe not the fans, uh, other, the, 
I always, I, I've always got the feeling that the European coaches, GMs, players, they respect the athletic talent, but they don't, they don't like the way they play. They don't think that they don't like guys that, well, guys you know why, like the- right? What they're, I mean, and this is what, this is the culture, very structure, right? We're going right. to run a structure here. Right. You're going to short roll. You're going to cut from the corner. I don't care what the deal is. He's going to ship down. So that's the system. Right. When you can kind of open that, guy, open that up to like the one-on-one game, you lose a little bit of your structure. Right. You lose a little bit of that on that leash that you hold on to. So I think that's why that they're so, and I think it's all has to do with that three seconds too. Cause if you can just pack the paint, now you have to run something where you can't just give it to one guy. Cause even if he gets past there, so they, they think that it should be more like we are, it should be slow it down. You know, every possession matters. Um, but, but, you know, they, they do, you know, they, they still love the low post game. So they, they think that it should be thrown in the low post, the four and five and play out of the, some teams strictly play out of the four and five, like point guards do not do anything, but you throw it in and then you run your flare action and we'll play yeah. a step up ball. But, but uh, so that they're really back in the old way that their way works. It's a different, they take pride that Europe is a different style of basketball yes. and they don't want it to, to transition that way. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. Um, who do you think gets to the finals? I mean, the way it's looking, I think the Suns, um, Celtics are good last night. No, I think the Heat, Suns and the Heat. Hmm. What, do you, what do you got? I think, I, I think the Warriors. I think the Warriors. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't know Suns. Wor- I mean, part of it is Clay doesn't, has not yet looked like Clay, and I don't know if he will. I think the more games are better for him. I'm sure his body's super worn down by it, right? Because you don't play for two years. Now, all of a sudden, you're playing all these games at this high level. It's hard. But I, I do think that, you know, all you need is a couple of clay games in the playoffs, and that's a completely different team. They haven't gotten that yet. Losing, yeah. Gary, Payton, losing Gary Payton, I don't know if you know, he broke his ankle. broke his elbow yeah. on yesterday. Um, that, that's going to hurt, and that's going to change them. Um, but I still think the Warriors, I don't know, I just – the way in which they they're so good in that small ball that I, I think that's a really hard thing to stop because Aiden will have to come out on the floor and, uh, you know, and I also don't know what Chris Paul looks like when you get one more series, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's he's, my he's still in his late and he's, he's broken down before he looks great, but there's, there's always, a, there's a limit there at that age. Um, and then in the East, I mean, the Celtics are great. I agree with you in the heat. They're just so good defensively. It's like there's Defense, it's unbelievable. When they go small ball with Tucker at the five, like that's a really tough. There's no miss. That you, bam, I mean, bam at the five and go talk. You know what I mean? We got bam Tucker and you can go with Jimmy Butler and well, and then, you know, they, they can just throw dudes out at you and, you know, maybe they have hero out there who they try and hide a little bit defensively or, or Max Roos. I right. mean, but they just guard. They and they can just throw so many at that position. You go, you Duncan Robinson, Max Drew, and those guys are just entered to keep running, keep running, keep running. And then you throw in Gabe Vincent's playing well. Yeah. Like, and then when they get Lowry back, it's, you know what I mean? I, I, that's a team that just has so many weapons. They just never get tired. And the way that how hard they play on defense, it's going to be hard to go to Miami and, and come out of there. Even if, I mean, the Celtics, and I think the Celtics and Bucks are just going to beat the living crap out of you. You saw how these games have been. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I do think the Celtics have more firepower. Obviously, it helps when Jalen hits all those shots like last night. Uh, but the Bucks, that, that dude is so hard to stop. I don't know. Like, that's what I, I look at. Like, I watched Job ja Morant last time. I'm like, how do you guard a guy who, if you play off, he just plays downhill. 
you know, you play up on him, he goes by you and he just makes just enough shots to keep you kind of thinking he can shoot. Yeah. Like, and Giannis is a dissimilar, but similar in the same way. You know, you, you play yeah. back on him and he starts going downhill into a spin move like that shit is. And then, you know, the second you help, he, he finds the open shooter and they hit you from three. Yeah. So that, that team is interesting when they get, if they get Middleton back. Yeah. Um, when he hit that pull up three yesterday, I was, it's just like that. Just one pull up three a game just adds that element where I need to be just a step closer. And that's all he needs to get past that first line. And he's really could become a hell of a passer. Like that's the craziest part to me is his vision after yeah. that first line. All right. So, so who do you got? This. So who are you taking? I uh, I think I said did I say the I think I said the Bucks and the Warriors, and I'm definitely hedging on the Bucks thing without Middleton. Yeah, um, a lot better with Middleton. Um, I like the construction of the Celtics. I like the I like most of the construction of the Heat. Uh, I'm not as big on Lowry as other people are, just because at this point his his age, he comes back and. I, I don't know if they have the scoring to do it. I mean, I do know uh, Hero can score, but I feel like they want to play through Jimmy Butler, and I don't love that. As your, I, I like Jimmy Butler when he's your third best scorer. When scoring is just something that happens, you know. Right. Um, so the East, I'm. I think the East is super competitive. I, I honestly thought the Nets, had they gotten healthy, had a shot, but they just you can't without. If you don't have practice, you don't have healthy dudes. So I think I said the Bucks, but I'm definitely hedging on that one. Yeah, that's. But I, I like the Warriors pick, though. I, I really do. Like, I could see it be. I could see them going to win two straight at home, and then the rest is that. All right, let's let's do this. Let's. If you have time later on in the playoffs, let's do it again. But we'll do only NBA analysis. What you see, what you like, what you don't like. I love it. That'd be a blast, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, you definitely win the background challenge. There's never been anybody background. Okay, <laughs> and and the and the outtaking videos of the Golden Dome is a is a is a is a big one. Um, you need to send me some of those so we can put some of those clips on. Cause I'm sure that those, that's amazing. And I'm happy you're safe and have fun at practice. And we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, bro. You'll get those videos soon. I got them saved. Don't worry. TJ, you're the best. Thank you. Bye, man. See ya. That was amazing. Right now. I want TJ Klein to be my NBA analyst the rest of the year. Um, uh, super interesting thoughts on the league. And fascinating stories on playing overseas. Uh, my thanks to him. Of course, you can, uh, if you like it, you can, uh, tweet at TJ at, at TJ Klein six. Klein is C L I N E six at TJ Klein six and uh, give him all the props and love you want because that, that was great. Reminder, the Doug Gottlieb show is daily three to six Eastern, 12, three Pacific. You can also download the Doug Gottlieb show podcast, uh, wherever you downloaded this podcast. My thanks for listening. Remember to, um, to write a review, to download, subscribe, rate it, and I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.